pride, passion, and pageantry of college football lives here. This is the Paul Feinbaum Show, our four podcast. This might be college football, heaven. We have reached the final hour here on a Wednesday afternoon, early evening, and we are delighted to say hello to the commissioner of the Southeastern Conference just days after a very critical decision about what is next in intercollegiate athletics, the decision announced jointly the other day between the Big Ten and the SEC. Commissioner, thank you very, very much. Uh, I I know you were quoted in a statement uh, the other day uh, and we're delighted uh, to to get more information on this. Good afternoon and uh, tell us all about it. Yeah, good afternoon, Paul. This is um this is a time in the show when I'm trying to remember if I told my family I was going to be on because they'll hold me accountable. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's um, there, there's a lead up to it, so I can go back and, and have that part of the conversation. But on on Friday, uh, my colleague Tony Petiti with the Big Ten Conference and myself announced uh, after discussions between ourselves and with our presidents and chancellors and athletics directors formation of an advisory group. Uh, We shared at the time the reasons for that group being created just at a high level. Like we have a responsibility for leadership. We have a set of commonalities between the conferences, very high level, very successful programs. Um, And we've all been in rooms of people, big rooms filled with a lot of people. And we don't seem to be making a lot of progress on the key issues present in college athletics. So here's an opportunity Uh, to slim down the participants' focus between two conferences with the idea that we can introduce some concepts that others can consider and react to. We have no unilateral authority. Uh, We have a set of pressing issues upon us that merit this type of conversation, knowing that we need to draw people in, widen the circle, whatever phrase applies, so that we can have Um, again, an even healthier collegiate athletics environment as we move forward. Commissioner, a a lot of people jumping to conclusions, jumping to uh, hot takes, you understand that very well, uh, about what it means for the NCAA. And I think we'd all be interested in in your approach to this, uh, not only the NCAA, but subsequently to the other two power four now conferences. We were intentional between the two of us to give um, advance without a lot of warning, admittedly, um, outreach to our colleagues to say, hey, here's what we're doing. Here's why Um, I could go back through that. But but generally, Paul, it it tracks on what I just identified to you. Um, This this um, effort to form an advisory group that involves presidents and athletics directors is not uh, directly about the NCA, it is not on our, our our focus list or issues list that we're going someplace else. Both conferences have historical participation, historical linkage, historical investment in the NCA. We need a healthy national governing body, um, and to the extent we can contribute to that in a new way, that explains more of what our focus will be than than something that people may want to imagine. How did this come about? Uh, Well, for me, um, really go back to being in Houston in a college football playoff management committee meeting, uh, not making a lot of progress, at least in that room you can make progress. But I look back over, 
really the last two and a half, three years. Um, the effort to think about a playoff expansion that others asked for, that others sought, that others ran to the microphone and in some ways demanded. Uh, the inability to make progress on decisions. Um, and then I left Houston, uh, hopped on a Southwest airplane plane that generates its own level of Twitter interest when I show that particular seating arrangement and um, spent, you know, half a day in a management, or excuse me, a division one management council, division one council meeting, as it's called now, uh, a couple other committees where we're just not making the kind of progress on the really important issues. We talk about those, you know, this draft is introduced, this direction might be changed. Um, and when I left, I thought about, well, if we just kind of keep going through these same types of environments to guide our decisions or rely on for our decisions, then we're going to have the same pace of change, the same discourse, the same um, thinking that ideas are going to be generated from some other corner. And we need to make sure we take that responsibility. Now, understand as a conference, uh, we have a presidential working group looking at what the future could look like. Um, I know others have had the same thing. And, and when I left those meetings that weekend, I, I called Tony um, and just said, Tony, could we think about a little bit different approach? It was on his mind. What was really uh, important for me is uh, it was a matter of weeks when Tony was first hired. He traveled to Birmingham with a great dinner and great visit, just thinking about what was on his, his agenda starting out. Um, what's on my agenda as, as I continue. And, and, you know, he responded with interest. His membership responded with interest. And, and that produced um, an announcement that says we're going to try to take that responsibility of leadership and see if we can develop um, some ideas that could help us, whether it's dealing with court cases that have been decided and, and how college athletics looks on the backside there, litigation that's in front of us, state legislation that seems to change daily. We, we obviously have uh, attorneys general that have been involved now in some of these state level of activities. Uh, none of that's contributing to uh, the, the solid type of collegiate environment that we need. Commissioner, uh, it says in, in, the, in the statement, advisory group, you, you can interpret that a million ways. I'm talking about from the media standpoint, but it, it, the perception is that these, and you've alluded to it, these, these are really the, the people that sit at the, at the front of the table. Uh, how much of it is, is beyond you, you two just realizing that the Big Ten, and especially the SEC, are, are at the vanguard of, of this sport? You know, the question, how much is it beyond us is, is, is um, an interesting phrasing. So I'll go back to being in Phoenix at the NSA convention. I literally was walking out of that council meeting, and I had three or four people who stopped me on the way out or the way back to my hotel and, who asked, when are the SEC and Big Ten just going to tell us what it is you see in the future or what it is you want or what is it, what it is you expect? Um, I think that reflects back on your question about this is beyond us because others are asking for that leadership. And we have great leaders across this country. And, and don't for a moment think that when I read people who say that, well, Greg Sankey's going to have the answers or he's going to lead us through this, that keeps me up at night that people would think that somehow I have uh, a set of magical answers. There aren't magical answers to what are historic realities that have worked really well in college sports over decades. 
And now we're being challenged in different ways, whether it's challenged within our own campus settings, challenged in courts, challenged in state legislatures, or challenged in Congress. Um, a lot of people are contributing to the, to the thinking. But again, bringing it back to the responsibility that these two highly prominent conferences share to try to help introduce some new perspective, perhaps, some new ideas, um, some, some new thinking, or maybe even more important, help cut through the bureaucratic tape that we face so often as we try to affect change in college athletics. I think all of those are part of that, that phrase in your question that this is bigger than, than just us. You mentioned the personal relationship that Tony Petiti uh, came down to see you. That, that's interesting, and, and I'm not looking to dig up all bones, but uh, everyone knows that during COVID when you and, and others were trying to find a solution, the Big Ten chose a different route. Um, this is a different time, and it's a different issue, but uh, how important it is, is it to you to, to – obviously, it's very important – but to, to have this alliance – Maybe a bad word. Uh, with That's a bad word. We can't <laughs> use that. Like, you're fined on the air. There's got to be an FAA fine for okay. that or FCC. I'll, 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 I'll accept it. But th <laughs> this arrangement, I should say, uh, because the SEC is standalone and, and the Big Ten in its own world is, too. But but this is a big deal. And I'm not, not to state the obvious, but people are speculating uh, with, with great uh, speed about what, what this really means. Well, I think what it really means, going back to my earlier question, is... The people have asked, what is it that you see in the future? Uh, people have commented about the leadership role, and we accept that. Um, I, I think sometimes you make these announcements, and it does change relationships. When we made an announcement back in the summer of 21 about the SEC's growth from 14 to 16 members, that announcement changed my relationship within meeting rooms. Um, I think it resulted in some of the delays in decision-making that I spoke of earlier. Uh, fast forward a year later, the Big Ten made an expansion decision. And, and now in, in 23, we saw even more involving uh, others of my colleagues. Um, we all have a responsibility to work together. I'll go back to really my core statement, which is we don't have unilateral authority. We do have a leadership responsibility. And, and in my role, I want to make sure we both accept that responsibility and do our best to fulfill the expectation that we contribute in meaningful ways, not just in committee rooms, but in thinking that's, that's present on a daily basis to the path forward. Um, we're going to have to bring people in. Um, for me, uh, that COVID experience was fascinating. It was, it was interesting for us all. Um, it was an important learning experience for me. Um, even before this announcement, Paul, um, I'd had conversations with, with Tony's predecessor about how, how can these two conferences work together to be more effective. But uh, what's happened is here in, in late January, now early February 2024, we've identified the opportunity and are working on that path ahead. We're talking to the commissioner of the Southeastern Conference on a critical issue to the future of the sport. We'll take a break. A few more questions for him right after this. Is your schedule too packed to see a doctor about your erectile dysfunction? Well, with Hims, now you can get treated for ED without stepping foot outside your door. They're changing men's health care by providing access to affordable sexual health treatments from the comfort of your couch. Hims provides access to doctor-trusted ED treatment options such as chewable hard mints, 
brand name treatments like Viagra, or generic alternatives for up to 95% cheaper. The process is simple and entirely online. Just answer a series of questions and a medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships to you free. No insurance needed. So what are you waiting for? Join the hundreds of thousands of trusted HIMSS subscribers and get treated. Start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash Paul. That's H-I-M-S dot com slash Paul for your personalized ED treatment options. Hymns.com slash Paul. Hard mints are chewable compounded products which are not approved by or verified for safety or effectiveness by the FDA. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies on product and subscription plan. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. We're back with the commissioner of the Southeastern Conference. Heather was just talking about the CFP, and I want to get to the, with the commissioner on that in just a minute. But, Commissioner, you also alluded uh, to the Tennessee Attorney General, and we have not heard from you on that. And I realize uh, a lot about that we don't know, and you may, name, you may know, and you may be precluded from discussing it, but, but I, I think uh, I would like to go there next in terms of your reaction to what has been happening at Tennessee. Well, I, I did make a comment. Uh, last week, which is I avoid comment on legal matters. You know, those issues are, are dealt with in courtrooms between attorneys. Um, I, I also went further to say uh, I'm really one who thinks it's important to look, given the environment we're in on the really big issues facing college sports, not cases. Um, and my hope would be from a policymaking standpoint at the national level, we could do that. Um, we got a lot ahead of us. Um, we got a lot ahead of us in courts. We got a lot ahead of us in states and Congress. And um, I would like not to be in this circumstance, but certainly um, attorneys general have the right to bring this. It's been decided, or excuse me, it will be decided. Um, these things are going to be argued out, and uh, we'll see the outcome and, and then how we move forward from, from this particular matter. Commissioner, is it is it awkward though? You're you're dealing with the NCAA on one level. You have one of your member institutions literally going scorched earth uh, uh, in the other screen. Does that cause issues, or does everything cause issues nowadays? <laughs> yeah, you know, you just look at the last 24 hours. I'd, I'd say everything causes issues. You know, you have an announcement among three media entities about a new streaming service. You have a situation at Dartmouth. It's released. You have other court filings. You have this decision about 
the, the temporary restraining order not being granted in the particular matter involving the Tennessee and Virginia attorneys general. Uh, that used to be like six months worth of news in college sports. That's all compressed into 24 hours. And, and that's just the, the cycle we work on. That's why I tend to think if we look at the big scheme of things from an NCA level and focus on trying to have the right set of oversight, uh, make adjustments around outcomes of court cases, deal with the litigations in front of us that, that is already in front of us, that, that's the proper focus. I think the, the pursuit of some of these particular cases um, through the enforcement process distracts us from solving the big problems. And, and uh, you know, I at least have an understanding of why people pursue these issues as I've made it awkward for me. I get to have direct conversations with a variety of constituents every day. Commissioner, on the, on the legal front, not, the, not a specific case, but, but that, is, that has to be a big concern of everyone, including your now uh, new joint alignment there are, we almost said alliance, but alignment with the, the Big Ten. Commissioner, what, what can the two of you do, meaning the two conferences, about legal matters that are, that are existential threats? Well, that, that's uh, part of the, the defense privilege we enjoy uh, across the litigation that allows us to have conversations, to think about the way ahead. And as much as I love our chances for an interview, it would be unwise of me to be uh, treading down particular pathways at this time. I will say, though, the reality is uh, we are focused on how we deal with these issues. We have high-level attorneys thinking about these with us. Our campuses think about these matters uh, all the time. And we have a responsibility to lead, as I said at the beginning of our interview. Something you may be able to talk about is, is the future of the CFP, uh, and that has been in the news again because of the meetings earlier in this week. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that, especially about what it's going to look like? We've, we've made the decision, as I've noted, it took a while uh, to implement a 12-team playoff. Uh, the good news is that continues forward. There, was, uh, a set, there were a set of video conferences, actually, last week conducted by the college football playoff staff with campuses across the nation as they think about preparing for on-campus games and then the, the progress through a different bracket. So that's all in, in good shape. Uh, we continue to meet and talk about whatever policies may arise. It was great to have Rich Clark with us, who's currently the superintendent of the Air Force Academy. He'll be stepping into that executive director role. Uh, we have important issues around the direction of the media agreement, plenty of speculation and sources say uh, on that. Um, we also have to think about beyond year 12 of the playoff, which is the end of the 2025 season, uh, what does governance of the playoff look like? What does the, the financial model look like? Um, what might that system look like for the future? And that's uh, that seems a long way off, given that we have a playoff expansion this year and then two seasons of that. Uh, but those issues are at the forefront of our conversations right now, as well as the immediate expansion. I mean, obviously, uh, with this playoff and uh, the, the Power Five I, I, is, no, is no more, or at least in theory, it may be legally uh, still in existence. How, how does that affect what happens in that room because uh, a, lot, a lot of schools are concerned about getting left out because of that prior at least conversation. 
we still have all 11 entities, if you will. So the PAC-12 is still a participant, given that that conference is still active. And then the combination of college football playoff policies and NCAA bylaws uh, provide that representation over time. We've made an announcement about what's required to access that conference champion. Again, as was previewed during your interview with Heather earlier in the week, there's a decision about the number of conference champions that are allocated uh, the opportunity. I think I broke news way back probably in August or September when I suggested that that six and six model doesn't work, uh, that we needed to tend in these next two years towards that five and seven, so five conference champions and the seven uh, best remaining teams based on the selection committee's evaluation that are not conference champions. We've not been able to finalize that format. Uh, we'll see if it's possible moving forward. So those are some of the things in front of us, but it's still a full participation, lively conversation. It was was certainly a long day for us in meeting on Monday as we work through these really important issues around college football. Commissioner Sankey, I know we, we spent the majority of this conversation on the, the CFP issues, the situation <laughs> existing with Tennessee and your announcement the other day, but there are a lot of other things on your plate. I know the, the basketball season is in full swing. That's something that uh, I know you care a great deal about. It is. We've, we've worked on the men's side to improve our position from where when I started as commissioner in 15, 16, we had three teams in. You can look at uh, some of the projections that include nine teams from the Southeastern Conference in the field of 68. I think that's a, that's a tribute to our, our coaches' leadership, obviously their ability to attract talent that we support in a world-class way. Um, it's scheduling and our discussion around non-conference scheduling, how we've tried to be smarter and smarter. We, we do have the relationship with the ACC in that November challenge where when we received the reports from viewership, even though we went seven and seven in each of those events, men's and women's, uh, attracted a lot of eyeballs to our competition. Um, we've got another five weeks heading into Nashville for our men. Uh, four weeks for women, and when you pivot to women's basketball, again, the number one team in the country. What I've been fascinated by in women's basketball is the social media commentary with really NBA players, football commentators, football players in the NFL during their season who end up watching SEC women's basketball just because of the atmospheres that are present on our campuses um, and the exciting individuals we have as coaches and as players. And I think at both of those sports, we've got an opportunity to see teams continue to play well through the end of the regular season. Hopefully that high number of NCAA tournament picks I talked about will be in front of us. And then what's important is seeing teams continue through the bracket, much like we have on the women's side the last two years to a national championship. We want to see that, that ladder climbed, if you will, on the men's side as well. And then the baseball season starts in a couple of weeks, and that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's not a bad sport for the SEC either. You know, people will say to me in the fall, you may have said, wow, like in October, it has to be busy. And it is busy in the fall. But when you hit February, you have every one of our sports participating except those fall sports, volleyball, soccer, cross country, and football. And so the busiest time frame for a conference office begins actually in about two weeks when we start swimming and diving and indoor track and field championships, goes through our basketball tournaments, our gymnastics competition. The second to none, we're preparing for expansion to a 16-team league. That's work that happens in this league every day. I've actually 
already scheduled my first trip to a baseball game. Uh, so really looking forward to the warm weather, the sunshine, success through March Madness, and then on to success through our spring sports ahead. So, Commissioner, when you're uh, when you're working out at the gym and somebody says, what's going on? You really don't have uh, they, they probably don't have time to hear what is going on with you. It sounds rather busy. It, it does stay busy. I, I put the phone on the treadmill and answer email um, <laughs> while I'm working out now. Well, uh, we will save uh, all the uh, spring meeting questions for the next time we see you. There's too much to unpack there, but uh, we do appreciate your time very much uh, and an update on many major things happening. Certainly, Paul. Always great to be in conversation. So thank you for your work and thank you for the opportunity. Have a great day. Thank you very much. The commissioner of the Southeastern Conference joining us these past 30 minutes. What, uh, what a lot to deal with right now uh, at the SEC office. We'll take a short break and we are back right after this. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show Podcast. We're back. A fantastic conversation with Commissioner Sankey. A lot there. And uh, we are going to move on and grab some phone calls here. John is first up from St. Louis. Uh, hello, John. Hello, Paul. Are you there? Yeah, John. How are you? I'm doing fine, Paul. How are you tonight, sir? Very well. Thank you for asking. Boy, I tell you what. The commissioner has his hands full, doesn't he, Paul? He really does. There are a lot of the legal. The legal questions are endless. Yeah, Paul, and it, uh, it it's not. It's it's very disturbing uh, what college sports has turned into, and it really. I mean, it's it's a. It's almost like Paul. It's kind of a little bit of a rig system, isn't it? Well, I don't know if it's rigged, but it certainly is is complex. Okay, Paul. Well, that's not the reason I called. The reason I called, I, I usually call once a year and talk a little bit about the uh, the entertainment with the Super Yeah, you you, you did not out. like uh, what Rihanna last year. I don't, uh, I don't like any. I don't like any of them. The last five years, and I can tell you right now, I certainly don't like. So you so you don't like Usher? Um, Everybody likes Usher. Well. I, I'm not saying I don't like Usher Paul. Let me let me let me talk about what I don't like here. Okay. And what what I don't like, Paul, is you know who the who are the decision makers who pick 
the halftime entertainment and who also pick. Well, uh, remember, it, it is. Uh, no, no, Paul, let a, me finish. I'm trying here. to answer and your question. The, and who's going to sing the national anthem and et cetera, et cetera. It's not anybody to do with the NFL or a coalition of a, a, a consensus decision here on who's going to do that. It's all comes down to the local. No, 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 John, if you let me answer your those, question. That those, that those events are held in, Paul, no. and that's what I have an issue with, that, sir. That, that's not and true. And I don't like that. John. That, uh, is, that is true. No. First of all, John, uh, Apple. Well, you educate Apple me is the, then, young man. Well, no, I was just trying to help you here, but you don't want me to tell you what, what I know. No, you, you tell me how it works, and then I'm going to tell you the truth. Okay. Uh, the NFL hires a consultant, uh, and in this case, uh, am I right, it's Jay-Z. Uh, Jay-Z uh, has got an entertainment group, and he is in charge of the halftime. I don't know. Now, Reba McIntyre is doing the, the national anthem. I don't know if it's the same. Yeah, Jay-Z's in charge of the halftime, and the NFL decides everything else. Well, I tell you what, isn't that a joke? What, what, what's a joke? What's a joke is who's do, who, who's performing. How do those people represent the United States, to the rest of the well, world, Paul? Well, okay, that's what well, I'm saying. Uh, the uh, well, the uh, usher is is a is a citizen of the United States, so he. I guess I really don't think it matters because Bono's done it. He's from Ireland. Uh, uh, well, McCart McCartney did people? it. He's why from uh, England, so I don't think it really matters where you're from. Uh, by the way, uh, this is a worldwide event. By, by the way, Paul, it matters a lot how, where you're from. And first of all, no, why don't we have people like John Fogarty, <laughs> Willie Nelson, Neil, Neil Young perform at halftime, well, okay? Uh, could be. That why don't we have people like the Mormon Tabernacle Choir sing the national anthem? Well, we don't need to have all these people who really don't represent a wide spectrum of the United States. I mean, Usher is one of the most successful musicians of the modern era. Reba McIntyre, how can you, how can you say Reba is not American? Uh, I mean, by the way, it doesn't. I mean, yeah, you do. It doesn't really matter. But John, I guess John's no longer with us. Um, but this is a worldwide event. Uh, it, it's seen in every country in the world, John. Uh, let me. AJ is. <laughs> AJ is next. Hey, Paul, you know, Paul, I mean, you know, you know, John Paul, he's one of those wise guys, Paul. He could win the damn lottery and still have a complaint, Paul. You know, he'd find something wrong with it, whether it's the taxes or the attention or something, Paul. But I mean, you know, John, I mean, come on, young man. Come on, <laughs> young man. But Paul, let me ask you I got something for you. Hey, Paul, I won't give you a... Can we give a Peggy some Tennessee a birthday wish? Her birthday's going to be on Super Bowl Sunday, Paul. She's going to be 76 or 66 or 106 or something, Paul. Happy birthday, Peggy. And I'm going to give another belated birthday wish to LWW. You don't know who LWW is, Paul. I probably don't, That's no. A.K.A. Jim from Tuscaloosa, LWW. Okay. 
Boy, I bet you crawling the walls down, Jim. Got your initials, son. Happy 71st birthday on top of that. You said you was old, uh, I was older than you, Jim. You lying, B-tard. And another thing, I got to paint a beautiful scenario for you, mister. Okay, sure. Man, I, I don't know what's going on here. Why don't we take a break? I, I need I need, I need, need more than a break here. Um, we will take a short break. We'll be right back. Thank you for listening to the best of the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Watch the Paul Feinbaum Show weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on the SEC Network. Plus, you can listen and watch on the ESPN app.